Ben forgot his funky shirt today. Or didn't have a funky shirt. <laughs> didn't have a funky shirt. Because he clearly doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm guilty. <laughs> guilty. Being caught. I'm feeling pretty funky now, though. You look good. <laughs> Very nice. Very dashing. Hair's always on point. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you go to the barber? Uh, one of my best mates is a barber, so probably even throughout three weeks. He's on. He's on. Uh, he's on uh, rotation now. He works in the mine, so third week he comes back on the bra. Yeah. Gotta sharpen this up. Yeah. You. You always look. Gotta sharpen this up. It was actually funny, and not even in like a brag way. Um, one of our customers came in from here, and I wasn't. I wasn't working the day that they came in. Um, Were you napping? And <laughs> and uh, he was talking to Dalton, who because yeah. like, he works there with me as well. And he's like, oh, what are you, Dalton's like, oh, what are you trained? And he's like, oh, uh, strength entry. And Dalton's like, oh, the manager, like here, works there as one of my clients. And he's like, oh, is that the guy who's always got his head done? <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. That's, that's a compliment, bro. That's not the thing you want to know for in a gym. <laughs> do you mean the guy with massive arms? Yeah, I was like, yeah at least I like, can say a chest or something. I don't know. Give me something here. The small calves, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you put equal amount of work into your hair, so. Mate, look good, feel good, right? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It is. It's a full time commitment. It is. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we start reading off the script. <laughs> <laughs> the ad-libs are gone. Yeah. Yeah, right. So yeah, we're excited to have you here today. Appreciate the invite. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to introduce yourself? Just tell... Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm Ben Mayfield-Smith. Um, I am a... Well, I guess this will be my... Third year as a competitive bodybuilder. I am a behavioral science student, um, so study psychology. Um, essentially full time, it's not quite full time, but may as well be. I manage a nutrition warehouse at a supplement store, obviously. Um, and yeah, I'm also a founder of a men's health organization, well, I guess it's called an organization for yeah. cool. um, Why not? And also a behavioral science and sports performance business as well. So. Yeah, a few things there around performance, training, health, men's health, that sort of jazz. So I try not to, I guess, identify myself as any one of those things, but I think it's just all those things kind of sum up my personality a bit. Yeah, got a lot on your plate there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah dude, you do. Yeah, one of the one of the things I, I don't do well is um, downtime. Yeah. yeah. Spread yourself a bit thin. Uh, yeah, look, the last three weeks coming out of exam block was pretty exhausting. Um, I, I slipped a bit on in my nutrition and stuff, which never happened. So, um, yeah, stress of stress of exam block was like lack of sleep. What's like, a, what's a slip for you? Just not eating enough, or yeah, just um, like I get very invested in any of the things I do. So like if it's study time, I just study, and I'll get through my exams, I'll get through my assignments, I'll get through whatever, and then you know next thing three or four hours have gone by and I've. You know, at this phase of my training, I'm at like 6,000 calories a day. Yeah. And then if four or five hours have gone by and you haven't eaten, it starts to back up. Mm. And so it's like, you know, I'll, I'll sit in the bed, you know, some nights on during that peak of exams, and it's like trying to cram in 3,000 calories in like yeah. one meal, and it just feels shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not good. Like, it, I, I, I'm reluctant or I refuse to miss the food, but at the same time, it just doesn't feel good. Like, yeah. I know it's not digesting properly, and I'm not going to sleep properly with it in my guts and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but it's like, what we do yeah gotta got get in gotta eat yeah. mm-hmm. but I don't eat it adds up to the next day and if I don't do it the next day it misses out so mm-hmm. yeah it, um, it made training not training it made it made growing this probably last two three weeks a bit shit mm-hmm. 
weight sort of hovered around the 102 when it should be up around the 106. So that was, that was kind of, when we say slip up, that's my kind of slip up. Mm-hmm. So you just lock yourself in a room and study yeah. on a couple of no daffs. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget but, to eat. Yeah. Oh, look, three days have gone by. <laughs> Got to come out of your hobbit hole. Yeah. I find a lot of bodybuilders have that similar type of personality because you kind of need to have it to, to do that sport almost. Mm-hmm. It's like focus on one thing and just like laser focused yeah yeah it's like yeah um we find even in like sort of like the data uh, like those type of athlete ones it's a very conscientious driven so a very i guess i say we very task orientated very obsessive and like narrow-minded i don't do much else like fun to me is being here like that's yeah. that's my fun i try to explain that to people and they can't grasp it you say it to other athletes look like, yeah, it makes sense um but you know i don't I don't go out and party or anything like that. Like, this is where mm. I have fun, it's where I relax, but it's also yeah. where I stress and train. So, um, yeah, we tend to get pretty pretty narrow. Like, I, I keep myself centered around probably like three or four things that I focus on and then just enhance those. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you you got to, you know, finding your passion in bodybuilding? Like, what led yeah. you, like, your story and how you were led to becoming, you know, so passionate and um, focused on the bodybuilding? And- yeah, for sure. And- um, so I'm, I'm relatively new, even at like three years of training for bodybuilding specifically, or specificity. Um, I'm, yeah, so I'd say, I'd still, still say pretty new to the sport as a whole. I love it. I've been ingrained and I've always followed art and things like that. But yeah. as an actual competitor, I'd say I'm pretty new to it, but most of my life. Um, so probably from the age of five, I was playing league. So I always had a pretty high passion and drive to want to go well in that and compete in that and try and go pro if I could obviously get a contract and that sort of thing like yeah. most six to twenty year olds to play rugby league. Yeah. Um, but it was at the age of like I was I started training sort of that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know we did gym like performance more so than like physique or appearance. And then around twenty one was in a pretty severe car accident and that kind of was a way to interlink my men's health or mental health and. And bodybuilding passion was, I was hit pretty hard, which resulted in about four years of court orders, procedures, treatments, mm-hmm. uh, rehabilitation, damage to my spine. Um, and it kind of was like, well, that's like your rugby league career done. There's not much you can do for that. Like, yeah. you know, the, my job career was over, um, yeah. rugby league career was over, and then going through court and all sort of stuff. Yeah. Twenty one was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, where, just, where were you? Sorry, okay, yeah. But uh, where were you at in your rugby league career? Sort of like um, when that happened, because that was like you had the ultimate goal of becoming professional. I don't think it was out of reach. I think it was like I'm. I'm not even going to be someone who said I was going to be great. Like, yeah. I just have the I have the knack to identify that I suck at something, and I just want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And I will just keep doing it until I find what makes me better at it. Yeah, sure. Um, and. Like, I'd, I'd changed towns. I'd moved from uh, the north side of Brisbane out to Ipswich. Um, I was getting trials for A grade and stuff like that in the in the club there that I was playing for. And then, yeah, the car accident happened and that just sort of all stopped. So it wasn't that it was... Even to go to the next level, I don't think it was unrealistic yet. It's like, obviously, there's tiers to, to yeah. before you go pro or anything yeah. like that and get those contracts. Like, there's some guys that go very young, some guys that don't. So I don't think it was out of reach to even go at least to the next level. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that pretty much instantly just came to a halt. But for me, even going through the rehab and stuff, I'm too, I guess you probably find with a lot of athletes, we're competitive driven. Like we, 
like I know a lot of people say they bodybuild for the experience and that sort of thing, or like they do X Y Z for mm. the, the fun of it. Yeah. And I love I love sport and competition and stuff. It's fun, yeah. but I also want to win. Yeah. yeah. And so like that that drove me through rehab. It drove me through um, through my rehabilitation, through all the programming and stuff. When the doctors told me you'll never deadlift again, you'll never squat again. Yeah. Wow. You'll never train like this X Y Z again. Um, you know, you'll never find this sort of work. And I was like, well there's got to be something I can do as opposed to things I can't do. And that got me through, you know, when you're 21 and used to deadlifting 160, 200 kilos, yeah. and then you got to go do Pilates with a bunch of 60 year old yeah. women or like, yeah, like yoga Pilates and stuff. It's like polar opposites. Yeah. And so for me, that was like, it wasn't stimulated enough. Mm-hmm. It was for my back and like my rehab, but it wasn't for my head and my drive. Yeah. I was like a, just a competitive dude. You need some big, audacious goal exactly think? yeah that, and that can really excite you yeah light a fire and that that for me was like right well even though they didn't know I was doing it I would just find people in the rehab program that were like more a lot further along than me mm-hmm. and I was just I'm going to beat them <laughs> like it sounds like it's psychotic man it's like I say to people they're just like what's wrong with you but you like, think I'm going to you think you're good at rehab? Yeah, I'm good at rehab. Yeah, I was like, oh I was going through like my yoga class and stuff. I'm like, I got bored because the program that was run at the local gym. She would have to do regressions because every time someone new would start, they couldn't just progress to the next yeah. thing. And so I was like, I need more. Like I can't do the same thing. So I needed you to give me progressions and like stuff to move on. Yeah. And so she'd give me like at home exercises or stuff to do. And I learned to do things like headstands and bridges and reverse fish poses and all this stuff. I'm like, cool, I've mastered yoga now. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool, I'm like, I've, I've done yoga. Tick. I'm like, yeah, just like, all right, sweet. This gets me through. And that was like, that way I could, I could tick off to the lawyers and stuff. I was doing my rehab and I was doing my yoga and I was, I was trying everything I could to get better. Because yeah, at, at, at 21 to 24, they, they look at you as like, well, how fast can we, get, can we get you back to work and not pay you a lot of money? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like their thing. So for me to prove that I was trying and still couldn't get back there, yeah. they were just like, okay, like, you got it's, actually, case, yeah. it's actually a pretty serious case. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that kind of, out of that, I was like, well, you know, rehab's done. Well, not done, but he got diagnosed as chronic. So it's just like, going to be like this forever. Mm. I was like, well, I'm going to be in pain from not doing anything. Why not be in pain from trying to do something? <laughs> I was like, either way, I'm going to be in pain, so I may as well at least try and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I just spent pretty much the last what, five, six years finding exercises that didn't hurt mm-hmm. or don't flare up my back or don't yeah. cause pain or don't stimulate my nerve. Um, yeah. And that's just kind of led me to at least getting, especially with Dalton as my coach, like he's pretty switched on with it all. Mm-hmm. I've been with him now for like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows the data, he knows what exercises hurt, don't hurt. And we've just been able to program our way to growing and competing and stuff mm-hmm. through that. Yeah, I guess it kind of just led me to, like, that sort of, I guess, intense mindset of, like, I want to push myself, and bodybuilding just allows that. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything that I've done so far that's more enabling of that yeah. than being able to just, like, completely push yourself 100% at something. Yeah. Because it does involve... There really isn't, is there? Like, yeah. like obviously, there's MMA, which is, like, next level. Oh, yeah, like physicality that, and stuff, for sure, yeah. Like, there's nothing else besides like those two sort of sports where you can just sort of push more and more yeah and exactly you know, it's, it's 100% you you're, you're the outcome exactly there's like yeah you're surrounded by your team like obviously your programming's justified by your coach or mm. like if you've got a partner maybe you know she has to be supportive too yeah. but for me it's me and my coach yeah. and well, so like it's ultimately yeah. your responsibility exactly um, and so there's nothing more I guess stimulating mm. to the brain than being like well I can't deflect this off to a shitty winger or a yeah. halfback or my front rowers didn't do the job. It's like, I didn't train that day. I didn't eat that day. I missed that meal. I didn't sleep enough. I didn't pose enough. I didn't do my cardio. Um, 
and that to me is like cool so yeah, yeah. I, can, I can handle I can control all those things um, whereas in other sports I've done other things I've done it's like you get people that coast mm. and it's like you have to pick up the slack or you're yep. on the coast and it's like yeah, you're just good enough but yep. here you get caught out if, you yeah. don't, if you're not good enough yep. you don't stick to it how do you find like dealing with that level of responsibility like almost I feel like for some people if they're not conscious of how they are that they can go too extreme and get too obsessive and get so caught up in all these external factors that they you know are just you know it could be negative in a way like how do you find balance with having that like that mindset I think through studying you know psych I mean? yeah yeah I can't get what you're saying I think through studying psych and just being a bit more like I really enjoy philosophy and, and trying to understand the self better mm-hmm. it enables me to recognize it as a tool rather than like a, an anchor yeah um, I think I can like I see what you're saying there are there are a lot of I think athletes that especially in bodybuilding like it's so external like yeah you're just so caught up in it, like everything is external yeah but also finding that balance between it being like an internal yeah. thing yeah like, do you know what I mean yeah like, so I've, like I've, I don't know how I'm like if I'm explaining this properly no, I sort of, I sort of get what you're saying um, and it's true there are a lot of people who get so caught up in the external like say bodybuilding if we just stick to that example they're doing it for the trophies they're doing it for like the attention on Instagram they're doing it for like you know I've got to look good for this person or like to shove it in this person's face and they miss that intrinsic I guess mm-hmm. pleasure and joy that comes with doing something so gratifying yeah. like I'm doing this for me and I get to like that kind of makes it separate I think is that why you think you've taken such an interest in philosophy as well I think so. I think it, it's it all kind of enables one thing, which is just like a, a not an expansion of me, but like I get to delve into everything that I'm capable of, kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, it enables me to really explore what I can do and how hard I can do it, and like how far I can push myself before like there's a breaking point, or like before there's like what is the limit? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so yeah. it's like really about the beliefs. Sort of. Yeah. Like it, it's like firstly, do I believe that I can do it? Yeah. And also, like you know, is it is it a is it an internal belief from me? Is it something that I'm I really want? Like I find I ask myself that question mm. all the time. Like yeah. I feel if you're not asking yourself at least in bodybuilding, is this actually what I want at least yeah. once a week? Then you're probably not training hard enough, or yeah. like eating hard enough, or cutting hard enough, um, because it does challenge. Like you know. I'm doing something that 99% of the world can't do. Yeah, you're putting yourself in like extreme exactly. like pain and suffering. Exactly. And it's like most people like for fun they'll go drink down the pub or they'll go for a walk on the beach or they'll go for a swim. For us it's like I'm literally tormenting my body weekly to make minuscule progression every other day and over years I'll maybe see the return on that investment yeah. but you have to learn to like appreciate it as you're doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I get so much fun out of it is that like whilst I love looking back and going, well, how did I look three years ago? How am I going to look in three years' time? I also get to go, well, I'm also present here training. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, the last little few weeks with the exam block has made it pretty hard because, like, I'm, I was rushing through sessions or maybe mm. missing a few things where I was like, I've got to go home and study. And, you know, but I didn't want to miss sessions. So mm. I was like, one of my ideas with myself when I started uni was, you're not going to sacrifice training for grades, but I'm also not going to sacrifice grades for training. Mm. So it was kind of like, through exam block, it's kind of like, you know, get home, finish your session, get home and study. Um, so it's made it a bit more external. Yeah. But 99% of the time, it's like, I love looking back, I love looking forward, but also I'm here training, it's fun. Yeah. Everything about it, I enjoy. Um, you know, yeah, shit sessions, everyone has bad sessions, but it's still a session here, yeah. having fun. Um, I think that kind of just makes it a bit more 
intrinsically satisfying for me. Um, and it may not it may not take me to Mr. Olympia, but that's where my goals lie. Yeah. Um, and so if I can enjoy the entire process to get in there, well then it's a win. It's like a very physical way of challenging your your beliefs. Like oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that's sort of like how I explain it. Like why I think it can help so many people is like you've got this very physical thing. Like you're doing something you couldn't do before, and you're like consistently doing that all the time, so that you're like continuously raising that ceiling of what you think could be possible. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, it's every other day is, like, if you look at, like, your progressive overload, like, every other week is what numbers am I improving upon or what what lifts am I getting better at? Mm. How much body fat did I drop this week? What did my cut look like last time? Can I get leaner than that or bigger than that as well? Mm. Um, and so every single other week is, like, what can I do better than the week I did before? Mm. How can I improve that 1%? Mm. Um, and I think that makes a... Yeah, that's a huge part of, like... It's like a... Yeah, like you said, a very physical expression of your internal beliefs mm. or like ideals values yeah. and I think that's a, that's a, a pretty great way of putting it because it, like it does it's like you know artists express themselves through canvas or through clay or through whatever we do it physically every day mm. and not whilst it's not like a, you know dancing or painting or anything like that it's literally cultivating your seat head week on week on week over years over decades if mm. you're actually committed to it yeah. long term and we get to make those changes as we need them to but the changes mm. like what the changes you want to see in your head don't occur for months on end mm. yeah and then you still got to write it out and see through it like see to it and make it happen and yeah it's like, right now finally here what's next mm. interesting yeah I like that i really very much agree with like that way of like what training sort of is like to me personally like that's sort of how i've like seen it as just this tool like if you don't know where to start and you've like got a big goal you're like, I don't know, your life's a bit of a mess. Like, if you can get in the gym and challenge yourself there, then you can build that momentum from mm-hmm. other areas of your life. For me, that was pretty much how I got through my dad passing away. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of a lot of people sort of expected the grief to... When was that? Uh, so, dad passed away... We just had his three-year anniversary last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that was leading to my first prep, leading up to my first prep. Um, with Dalton mm. and it got to a point where I was like half of me was like nah don't do it like that's like you're not in the headspace to do it mm. and then that competitive side kicked in it was like if I can do this like mm. with everything else going on everything else that can, that can sort of happen in life yeah. one thing I can control is training, nutrition, sleep I can control the gym mm. and that can like I can use that as a sort of springboard and yeah. like, just look after myself and like I can get do through this now I can do anything exactly it's like well if there's one time you probably should you have an excuse not to do something yeah. it's like the death of a family member yeah and if you can still push through <laughs> and, and you go father, you know, yeah exactly and then like to be honest he was like one of my best mates so I was yeah. like you know I had that relationship with him because I cared for him for a few years as well like oh, through his like treatment yeah so for me it was like if I can if I can get through that mm-hmm. and come out not better but like just not let it fall apart exactly like, yeah not let the wheels fall off during that time yeah just like just not let it cave in then there's no point ever again where I won't be able to do something. Mm. Like if I can sort of set my head to getting it done, um, then that was, you know, that's it. I can pretty much do whatever I set my mind to. Mm. Um, again, it's a very intrinsic thing. It's very like uh, obsessive and conscientious, and like it's I guess only some people maybe able to look at it that way. Some people won't say they should grieve and they should stop and take in the moment sort of stuff. But for me, it was like death's part of life. You know, we were at terms with it and it was going to happen. So for me, it was like I'm not looking to 
feel sorry for myself. I'm not looking to feel, feel sorry for him. He didn't want that. So for me, it was like, life goes on, keep going. There's no point sitting here and like letting it consume you and becoming like destroyed by it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of like, I've told people this time, but like the, the negative raps body would get to save my life. Mm. Like I tell it to everyone, if you look at it in the right way. But yeah, so for me, that was like, that's the, that's the positive rap I always give bodybuilding. Is that like, sure, if you're someone who's not fully aware of yourself and like, you're not like, you aren't sure of who you are and you're, you're doing it for maybe validation or like, you know, you're just that guy who has to be on stage and you have to show everyone how good yeah. you are. That's when it's toxic. That's right? when it becomes, that's when it becomes, I think, dangerous in the negative obsession, obsessive side. Definitely. Like, I think there's a positivity to obsession. Like, every great person's been obsessed. I don't care yeah. who it is. You, you speak to them, like, every book I've read, every, like, major personality I've read yeah. about, they're obsessive. But that it's leads... the intention behind it. Exactly. If, you're, if your obsession is because you're also, like, super insecure and, like, it's a way of compensating for that mm. and, like, you've got to prove yourself to someone or anything like that, then I think that's where bodybuilding is a bad image um, because a lot of people don't prepare for it properly. Yeah. Like, they'll... Yeah, it's become this weird trend of, like, I want to experience bodybuilding. I've never heard anyone say I want to experience driving V12s, you know, uh, F1 supercars or whatever. And I've never heard anyone want to experience one weekend playing against front rollers that weigh 130 kilos in the NRL. Mm. But we have this niche at the moment where it's like, I want to experience bodybuilding. You're not set up mentally, you're not set up like physically, you haven't got the support systems around you, your coach doesn't know enough about psychology after dieting. And then we start getting people that are like, you know, eating disorders and mental health concerns, body image issues and like the bounce back they're not prepared for. Yeah. It's like, that's the negative side of bodybuilding, but also you probably shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. Whereas like when it's you... just a band-aid, like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it could you know, if you might have issues, but if you like have the right intention behind them, then it can actually be really powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, healing tool. Yeah. But if you just like you're just doing it to just, you know, cover up your shit and like that toxic masculinity yeah. shit yeah. of fucking train hard and being the biggest guy, like Yeah. It's just, it's just gonna lead to bad things I feel yeah and then that's like there are there are guys who sort of like you know they get that to be the biggest guy in the gym but they also are they, they love bodybuilding that's yeah. fine oh enough. yeah and yeah so I, I think there's there is potential for like negative sides but when it's done on the right on the right light I guess yeah um yeah, it's a huge potential to like you're exploring every part of yourself that you're capable of doing like pushing limits finding where your perceived barriers are and breaking past them like anything you think bodybuilding is going to be by the time you get to the end it's nothing like it mm -hmm. so you, you figure out very quickly if you enjoy the sensation of dieting of eating until you feel sick um, posing until you're literally cramping every other muscle in your body um, you know doing things to yourself that you didn't know you were supposed to do or could do or should do and then going to continue <laughs> for months on end yeah. um, and that's what like it changes your mind a little bit like you start to change yeah. perspective a little bit of like what what the body's capable of what the mind's capable of yeah. what, what else can I do exactly what else, what else is yeah. next yeah. What, what else can I do if I can do this I didn't think I could do it what yeah. else can I do mm. and that opens up heaps of things so, in life I think yeah I think it forces you to become incredibly self-aware as well you gotta mm. be like realise every little thing that you're doing and yeah. so you can keep your life like regimented yes that, that, that's a um, yeah a huge one you start to realise like if I'm not structured, if I'm wasting time, if I'm too much time on social media, if I'm too much time, you know, piss-assing around at work or, um, you know, just sort of wasting time after work or my spare time is playing too much Sony or, you know, I'm, I'm wasting all this time in not productive things, 
you very quickly have to audit yourself and be like, all right, you know, I've got 15,000 steps to do, I've got two hours of cardio to do, I've got a two hour session to get in, I've got six meals to prepare for. So you very quickly start to add up all those little things. It's like five minutes here, an hour there, 20 minutes there. Yeah. It makes a big difference in your overall adherence and success. Definitely. Yeah, well, I think that's why we sort of advocate, like not full on bodybuilding obviously, but just getting into the gym and like having a routine. It's like, it's a really good place to start to sort of get your life on track if it's if you're currently not managing anything mm. and you're not managing your stress and your training or you're not training at all even just by like starting to do that you can really notice like what you actually do in the day yeah oh like, yeah for sure how you spend your time yeah 100% um, just by tracking yeah. those little things like tracking how much food you're eating and seeing how often you're training and what you're training each week it's like oh I actually didn't even get 10,000 steps in today it's like why not what was I doing there yeah so, yeah and then, like, and then from that, you just get to like, right, well, how can I improve that? Like, yeah. it, it gives you like a place to audit, hmm. um, which is why I like the I like the journal you guys do, like even for just general population, like just as oh, like, that's literally why it was <clears throat> created so that people are more intentional. Yeah, they do think about these things consciously. Yeah, like just it just gives you a a, a purpose to execute, hmm. and then be aware of that execution as well. Like, right, last week I did this, I can't half-ass this yeah. week, or like, why did I miss that last week? Yeah, and then you can actually like audit yourself and go be like. Yeah. Did I sleep? Did I eat enough? Did I was I hydrated enough? Did I have enough carbs? Yeah. Like you can get that sort of understanding of yourself, mm. and then at least if you can improve that in the gym, you can improve that. And yeah. Other things too. Yeah. Like I always say to people when I'm showing them the journal, I'll be like, before you say you're plateauing and your genetics are bad, look at everything else on the bottom of the page. Like, yeah. Is your how's your food? How's your stress? How's your how's your sleep? Yeah. How's your water intake? Yeah. Optimize all yeah. of those one hundred percent. Yeah. Then you have the right to say my genetics is shit. Yeah. Yep. And does anyone ever do that? Nope. No. No. <laughs> Never. Genetics is the first card thrown out. Like, and then that's that's like the, the last one that should be thrown out. And it's like yeah, cool. You can say genetics, but also, you know, have you worked on your intensity? Have you worked on the execution of the movements? Have you worked on your food and your sleep and your training? Like you said, when was the last time you had yeah. sex? Like when was the last time you actually did yeah. something relaxing? Um, yeah exactly and that makes that makes a huge difference yeah. how are you happy like your inner environment like it's actually like epigenetics like you can actually influence your genetics as well by yeah. what you're telling yourself like if you say I have shit genetics and I'm just naturally small yeah and you know it's hard for me to put on muscle mass then your your genes are literally getting that signal to, oh. do, to do that like like the science now is actually coming out and saying that your inner environment literally affects your genes yeah like you up, you could be upregulating all your genes for growth and repair to a far greater degree because you just see yourself as this bodybuilder well even, even in a, like philosophy, you know, philosophy, a philosophy standpoint mm. it's what we call the self-fulfilling prophecy mm. and where like you tell yourself so, that's something so vigorously that you actually enact in a way that is in line with that belief mm. so you know people who say you know I am an alcoholic or I am someone who drinks a lot or I am someone who goes you know pisses up time at the pub or you know I am someone who just goes home and chills at the couch after work because I'm tired if I, I am tired we start to live a life in a way that enacts those thoughts and that is like huge in how you identify and tell your story mm. um, we had a model we were exposed to called personality psychology um, which delves into not only your traits but the narrative you tell about yourself. And mm. I think that's a huge one that people sort of misunderstand is like not only who you are as a person in terms of your personality, but the way you tell your story to the world yeah. and then the way you live that story. Mm-hmm. Like not only as a past author, but also someone who's writing a story as you go. Mm. It's like you 
you not only agree with what you've been told telling about yourself but then the world sees that as well and so you just start living that yeah. idea of like these I guess stereotypes or opinions are who I am so I'll just live that way yeah. um, and that's huge for like, bodybuilding or training yeah. or life in general yeah definitely people just start to tell like a well, they've got a shitty narrative of themselves and that's how they express yeah. it and they agree with it or, mm. or let people tell them it's a shitty narrative and on that note like how did you go with that transition when you had this like narrative of your of your story and your identity of being this oh, I'm going to be a professional rugby player mm-hmm. and then that was just taken away from you like did you just straight away go to bodybuilding or like how did you go with that like well who, who am I now um, or did you you know straight away you were like right no I think it took a bit of reflection down the track for me to actually look back and see how I did it um, like even even recognizing that competitive like terms of my rehab and stuff I didn't really I didn't realize I was doing it at the time mm. it was just the way that I got through it um, it was only through like sort of looking back and going oh fuck that's what I did like that's how I got through it and that's kind of what I do as a person I guess yeah. um, did you struggle with that identity shift? oh 100% yeah um, as like my family like we're all we've all been like laborers or tradies or like handcraft workers um, played footy dad played a pretty decent level of AFL um, got us in the league as soon as we come up here from New South Wales um, so it was all about that was the identity of not only of our family but of like each one of us mm. that's what, who we were yeah. and so that whole train life play footy finish on a Sunday go like you know play game train during the week that was everything about my life fit into that sort of script um, and it's probably my first like, I guess not first, I had a pretty few experiences in high school, but my first adult experience with like onset depression yeah. like, kicked in like that, that haunted me for a good couple of years. Mm. Um, where like, you know, you're not only going through that, you know, I, I think I saw by the end of my court case and by the end of my settlement and all sort of stuff, I ended up seeing like 19 doctors, wow. 19 doctors, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, Spinal uh, specialists, um, neural neural specialists, and to have some of them telling you you're faking it, like because obviously like the defense team, like they, yeah, they you've got to see up. their doctor. Yeah. And as a 21 year old who's going through this like agonizing pain, like there was no, I was I developed insomnia because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, like two three hours a night, and if I did sleep, I'd roll over and like my back or like a side mm. and my back and just shoot up. And there's like you know grown adults who are specified in this field of medicine, like med- medicine. And they're like, oh, you're faking it. Like, it's the report says, you know, you get back to work. He's not really experiencing anything. And you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. That's real. Yeah. I'm like, so young dealing with that. Yeah. As well. And like, as yeah. someone who's never, like, I've never complained about pain or just made something up to not do something. Like, mm-hmm. I want to work. I want to play for you. I want to do these things. And so someone's saying, hey, nah, you're full of it. Yeah. Um, it caused like a fair bit of like inner, I guess, turmoil. Yeah. Um, you know, I started developing depression. I got like suicidal. I'd see a like, yeah. psychiatrist and be like, you know, do you need medication for it? That sort of stuff. I started getting fat and putting on weight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was like, that was a horrible experience mm-hmm. uh, for like 21 to 24. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of thing can really like back you into a corner as well. It's like, you've got these people who are apparently qualified saying like, this is the case. And you're like, no, it's not. But like, who are you to argue against them when, yeah. when you're just a yeah. kid and they're like a, a qualified doctor who's saying yeah. like this is what's happening. Hundred percent. It wasn't like, just it wasn't like just doctors like like specialists like yeah. full on like that's yeah. their field. Yeah. And you're like so many people just accept that. We'll just accept that. Well, yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's not even like I don't want to say a fault of theirs, but like you know even the programming I got for my rehab it was like 
you won't squat again, you won't deadlift, you won't do these movements yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, anyone who hasn't, I guess, had a competitive edge or yeah. like understood anatomy and training and like got educated around that would probably be like, yeah, that's fair. That's like, so fucked up. Like, that's just a big no nocebo, you know? Like, yeah. You're like, uh, that's like leading into that genetic destiny because you like yeah. placebo every fucking trial. And that was within a placebo, and you're literally telling someone they're gonna never do something like. Yeah, that's if you just accepted that and believed that. I'd be, I'd be you, shit. You'd probably... I probably would be dead. That could be... Fuck that. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't well. put it past me that I could have been dead. Like, mm. there was... I still remember there's a... There's a bridge... Because um, I used to live in Ipswich. And my parents lived in Caboolture. Mm. Um, and so the partner I was dating at the time, I would drive from her house to my dad's house during the week to look after him. And I'd go see her on the weekends. Mm. Um, and it got to a point where it was like, there was just this, this bridge. I would drive over and be like, fuck it, I'm going there. And like, I'd have to like physically stop myself from like, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. But I was like, wow. yeah, if I didn't have that sort of, um, I guess, competitive drive to it or like that, it's the thing that gets me when we label those sort of things as toxic. Like, you know, yeah. it's toxic for men to have that competitive drive and that sort of like stoic personality and stuff. It's like, that, it depends that, where it comes from. Exactly. Like, if it's a place of insecurity so that, you know, people see you a certain way, like if it's, if it's completely for external purposes, like, yeah then that's when it, I think, yeah. is toxic. It, it can be toxic, yeah. But if it's like, this is who I am, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, like, this is not going to be my me. destiny. Like um, that, then that's the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's that's where I sort of, um, yeah, that's where I sort of really fell into, not fell into, but got passionate around mental health and, like, mm-hmm. understanding it better and, and sort of, like, not just accepting that the way it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um Cause yeah, I was like, I was ready, like yeah. I had done it, yeah, well. and if it wasn't for that, I would have just been like, like yeah. cool, that's it. Um, but thankfully, to to that mindset, I guess, and and having experience with like footy and being competitive and mm-hmm. and being driven to not give in, I guess, throw on the towel. Um, like that's why it's it's kind of sucks that I started bodybuilding a bit later than everyone. Um, I had to go through four years of rehab to to sort of get to a point where I could. Yeah, that that whole identity crisis and stuff like that's who I was for 20, yeah. 20 years that's uh, so my family was for 20 years before that so yeah. it's like it's a generational thing as well like yeah. you had to sort of break that cycle yeah. of like our whole life is a sport 100% and so yeah, like and you had to hit rock bottom for that yeah, yeah. exactly and, and on top of that like no one in my, in my family has been to university and got a doctorate or got a medical degree or anything yeah. so like all these things are completely new identities of like what our family is what I am yeah and like well, what I'm used to um, that's amazing and it's like it's the, the cool thing is that I think I always I sort of recognise that parts of me were always like that anyway like there was a lot of parts where I did just fall into the story of like that's how our family is that's how my friends are so that's mm. how I'm supposed to be mm. but as I've sort of got more I guess ingrained in it and more accepted for who I am mm. I realise that those in, in, uh, introverted sort of ideas and personality types and stuff was like already who I was I just didn't really because of that sort of social stand yeah. of like expectation of you play footy you go out you know you get drunk with the boys and you train go to do your trade that sort of stuff I just sort of fell into that but mm. the more I get into become, not so much becoming who I am but like really finding who yeah. I am through bodybuilding and through yeah. all that letting go of those stories exactly that, yeah that programming exactly like that preconceived idea of what I'm supposed to do yeah. it lets me become more of who I am mm-hmm. And I think I found that through yeah. building, but and like, everything you're learning 
through you know your, your degree as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You, you know, rewrite that story as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, awesome, man. yeah, and that yeah, that's like it's kind of an intense way of getting through, I guess, like grief and depression that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, like sometimes sometimes it takes that, I guess, catalyst, I guess, kind of thing, like that click moment where it's like. Mm-hmm. Alright, this is how I, like this is what's gonna happen now, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get through this yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, it sucks that it takes death of a family member or like suicidal thoughts yeah. to, to sort of get to that. If I could find a way to help people find that. Yeah, it's gonna be own. something more than this, like Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. So yeah, I'd love to be able to help people find that without, yeah. <laughs> without going through that. It's mm. like you you don't need to wait for that, you know, diagnosis to make <laughs> yeah. a change like yeah. And why go through that if you don't have yeah, to? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, not, I'm not at any point encouraging that. Don't definitely don't do it. Yeah, to, to yeah. Try and get there, but no. But like, yeah, it's like it takes a massive amount of like mental effort to start doing that without any catalyst. It's like yeah. you were like forced into it, so yeah, you had to overcome it. Or like, what's the alternative? Whereas like, if it's just someone who hasn't been through anything that's really incredibly like mentally challenging, it's like, where? How do you start? Like, how do you? Yeah, yeah. You know, start making that change. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, not confronting, but like you also got to, I guess you got to accept as well that you've been living mm. not how, not so much how you should be, but like yeah, you know, perhaps you've lived a lived a life that you didn't really want, mm, yeah. and you, that, you know, it, it takes a lot to sort of sit there yeah. and think on that and be like, yeah, fair. That's yeah. Uh, I was saying this last conversation we had, like, if you don't ever have that like negative period, like you don't really ever realize what you're capable of, mm-hmm. sort of thing, like. Know. if you just always take the easy sort yeah. of option yeah it's like if, if everything was handed to like they say one of the worst things ever could be to just like be born into like a billionaire like, yeah because like you know no matter what you're gonna be okay yeah sort of exactly thing. like everything's easier than handed yeah. to you there's always someone to teach you something yeah, that, you don't learn the value yeah. of things mm-hmm. yeah it's like there's, there's no way you know I would love to see I, I haven't found any sort of studies or, or reputable data on it but the difference in, I guess, like resilience and, and um, grit and uh, overcoming adversity between those, I guess, born into's and the ones who have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, there's a difference of success between the ones who yeah. actually grind to make it happen and the ones yeah. who kind of just like, I inherited my buildings from someone or like, you know, I just sort yeah. of got it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not to dismiss that they, they can't work hard, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's a difference. Yeah, there's like that relentlessness of like, you know, nothing is going to stop me. Yeah. If you didn't have those, like, big obstacles where, you know, you could have easily thrown in the fucking towel there. Yeah. You wouldn't know, like, that you could just... That anything that comes up, you can fucking deal with it, you know? Yeah, you test yourself. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's so great about bodybuilding is, like, no matter what happens, there's, like... You know, the difference from when I played league to bodybuilding is, like, you have a shitty week of a game, you've got next week to improve, and the week after, and the week after... Yeah, like to train and readdress and, and go again in bodybuilding you, you train year on year for like one or two or three or four shows in the group and then you've got to go back and reassess and in that time life can happen there can be deaths of family members there can be car accidents there can be you know financial ruin there can be loss of jobs whatever COVID you know all these things you can sort of set back and each one of those is going to test whether you're like this is what I want to do and this is who I am and this is what yeah. I love or it's just kind of like it's a hobby it's an interest yeah. it's like a side gig I do for fun yeah. um, or I do it for attention or I do it for yeah. you know, whatever it means and those things won't be powerful enough for you to you know become oh. become a champion like no, 100%. those you know I guess egotistical reasons that are just like you know, I want to be, you know better than just 
I'm better than other people. Yeah. Like, they're just as, extrinsic as a person. Motivators. Yeah. And like, it's, it's extrinsic, yeah. It's not that extrinsic motivators are bad, but it's like, it's when it comes to... It's the meaning behind them. Like, yeah. When it comes to self-determination, when it comes to the autonomy of behavior, they're not strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can test that. We can yeah. show that. Like, we, we can see that in data yeah. that it's just not a, a, a powerful source mm-hmm. of motivation. Yeah. yeah. And they say, like, the hierarchy of motivation is, like, purpose one... Purpose one is like the abs, like if you find a really clear purpose, um, and then uh, like mission, like proving it to yourself, I think is number two. Mm-hmm. Fuck, this is ages ago, I used to know, I've forgotten. Uh, <laughs> number four was money, like, mm-hmm. and number five was like, like validation, like how powerful they are. Yeah. Like the, the order's all fucked up, and um, <laughs> purpose is number yeah. one, and like would, and the base money was like four. So if you if you have those reasons, they're just not going to hold up. You yeah. Know? And that would start. That would start with like the, the base of that, like theoretically, would be intrinsic motivation. Like that that base one of like mission or purpose is usually intrinsic. I usually think what I get joy out of it. I love mm. doing it, and that'll be the strongest one. Yeah. And then the greater it becomes extrinsic and external, the mm. less powerful and like yeah, encouraging or supportive and like driven it becomes. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I can't. Yeah, that was that was the scale there. But yeah, pretty much the more extrinsic it got. Yeah. Like money, um, rewards, guilt. Yeah, just like social social yeah. validation. Like they got weaker and weaker, and you know when you have those challenges they will just won't be enough yeah it's like the difference between forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do versus doing it because you actually enjoy doing yeah, it yeah 100 yeah. you love it you've got a good yeah. meaning behind it like I, I put up a post the other day and I sort of explained in a way that like if someone offered me money to build a car the second I got bored I wouldn't keep doing it because I had no interest in building a car but if someone just said hey go to the gym I'd be there for three hours like you didn't have to tell me to go you didn't have to tell me what I'm training I'll just go to the gym yeah. and that's the difference between like an extrinsic motivation and the joy that comes from doing something I love doing for yeah. me mm-hmm. um, and that's where a lot of people sort of fail in their diet adherence and their like training goals and stuff is that they don't have a deeper reason why they're doing it they just sort of go well you know social expectation is I'm fat I should get thin or like you know my partner left me and so I'm going to get thinner or healthier or whatever Mm. and they're not really strong reasons for for executing and then sustaining that yeah it might get you through like the first couple of months maybe yeah exactly and after that what's keeping you going it's sort of like the same reason why people who think they want a job that pays twice the amount it's like it's not really going to make you happy because it's, it's still that's that extrinsic motivation yeah, yeah exactly you're still stand, spending 8 to 10 hours doing something you fucking hate yeah. every day every day that's a like, third of your life you're going to be doing something like, yeah. like the price tag you can put on that's great and then when you're not there you're dreading being there yeah. so your whole fucking life is just yeah yeah. it's the same thing I mean like you can bodybuild and like after a couple of months it's like you get those small returns you know you start looking a little bit better and getting some more vascular and definition yeah. and stuff if you're just starting out and then it's like that's basically your money. Like you're getting paid, but yeah. if you don't like it, like yeah. you're not going to keep doing it because that that's going to slow down. You're not going to yeah. progress at the same speed, and then and that's the, that's the difference, I guess, in um, in learning to like people who are outcome driven. Like, there's no there's theoretically no end goal in bodybuilding. Mm. Like, yeah, there's winning Mr. Olympia, but even when you win Mr. Olympia, if you're only destined driven by the desire for the outcome, then mm. you're going to want another Mr. Olympia. You're going to yeah. want another one. And so it's like if you don't stop to appreciate the performance side, and like the yeah. if you don't if you don't appreciate the whole aspect of it, then it's not very yeah. sustainable as a, as a lifestyle because you don't get you get 
10 minutes of validation on stage yeah. for 12 months of work yeah. like so if you're not if you're not validating yourself through your own joy and enjoyment of it it's like well fuck that's not worth it yeah. look at that as an ROI it's horrible <laughs> it's a horrible investment <laughs> yeah. like 12 months of work for for what literally 5 minutes on stage depending on how many categories you do maybe 10 minutes and you get some photos and then like literally 2 weeks later you bounce back because yeah. you're overweight and you're blown out and you've eaten all the shitty foods because you're yeah. on a restricted diet yeah. it's like no, nah, that's not bodybuilding. That's that's a bodybuilding show. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not bodybuilding. Yeah, it's intention and then letting go of outcome. Like yeah, or something. So one thing I remember it was just like the stuff with me. It was like to be successful at anything. It's like intention behind it, plus letting go of um, how the outcome will come about. Like just like you know, just having faith that it will things will pan out the way they're they, they're going to. You know, bodybuilding as a whole, you yeah. have to just remove the outcome because yeah. like you it's an objective measure through a subjective opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing I can do on stage once I'm there to change the judge's mind other than pose as best I can, hit my poses and try and hide my weak spots. But after that, it's like, is that the look they're going for? Is this is this year a different look? Is it, do I want bigger? Do they want leaner? Do they want wider? Do they want thicker? Um, you know, am I in the wrong category? Should I pose differently? Um, all those subjective opinions are the judges and I can't affect that. At least, like, Usain Bolt can control his training and how fast he sprints through his work he does and then execute on the day you know exactly that he's the winner yeah. whereas for us it's like if you're just destined on the outcome then 99% of you are going to be upset because it's a one person sport it's a one person winner it's not a team win so like if I sucked or like I didn't do enough and I didn't control enough and then I lost that can be a horrible thing for your self esteem your mood your like self image body image um but if you're in the right mindset, you can go, all right, well, I didn't actually execute. I didn't give 100%. Next yeah. time I can focus on this. We're going to improve my training here. I can like you know, self-improve and self-development yeah. down the track. So it, as an ongoing process, if you look at it the right way, it's great. Yeah. But if you're sort of just driven by the outcome, it's like, well, yeah, I want to win, but also I didn't win, so now I feel like shit. Yeah. You've got to be able to see everything objectively, you know, outside of that yeah. emotion. Yeah, 100%. Just like take it for the ride that it is and the fun that you get to see how like you can push yourself and what it does to your body and what mm. you can do with yourself. Yeah. Um I think that sort of changes how you enjoy it and feel about it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So um yeah, tell us a little bit about uh the gentleman's club. Uh table, sorry. Gentleman's club. <laughs> <laughs> well on Saturday. <laughs> you see, boys. We'll see you in the valley this weekend. I'll teach you all about the gentleman's club. You need a limo to the door, they pick you up, it's great. Um, <laughs> no, nah, so the gentleman's table um, sort of started out of COVID. Um, as something me and a friend are a bit passionate about, uh, which is men's health. Yeah. Um, having seen dad go through some pretty extremities of mental and physical health myself go through it. Um, but more so like the narrative we were seeing around men's health and perception of men's health is that, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, we stigmatize the idea that men shouldn't carry their emotions and should talk more, but then we don't really foster a place where men can talk. And it's like, we can talk, but only in the way that society wants us to talk. Yeah. Or we can have an opinion, only in the way society wants us to have an opinion. Yeah. We can have emotional problems, but only in this little area where it's like, you know, yeah. maybe they'll let us talk about it. Yeah. And it's only the way they want us to talk about it. And the, the, the fact that the data showing it's not working, for us, was just like, that's not, like, it's not enough. And, you know, there are other men's pages out there and stuff and men's groups, and that's like, they're great. But we wanted to make a place where there was nothing external that was not like, you know, there's no um, 
don't know if I can say it on here, like tits and ass and stuff, like yeah. you know, body photos of females or like talking about like, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, getting really like, toxic. Exactly, like, just yeah. getting, getting the wrong sort of idea of what it was meant to be about. And so the idea, I think because of that, it's, it's not taken off as quick, but it was meant to be about a place where we can express ideas, problems, mm. emotional issues, health issues, but also just like talk about general stuff. Like yeah. what do you do for fun, mm. you know, hobbies, interests, guys talked about grooming stands, they talked about cars, they talked about music, they talked about yeah. playlists, gyms, whatever. Yeah, it's um, a bit more intimate. I feel like to build that culture, like to foster that really, that culture that you're going for, like if it just exploded straight away, like it's the same with us here, then you wouldn't be able to, you know, um, foster that culture properly, you know, if, yeah, like, for if sure. all of a sudden there was a hundred thousand people, like instead of ingraining that culture straight yeah. away, you know, yeah. and it might take a lot longer, but what you'll have I will think, be, you know, I, more genuine. Yeah, I think the message becomes a bit more substantial. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, it's taken a lot because, because there isn't that ability to hide behind sort of like, I guess, generic discussions of women and stuff in that regard. Like, you know, there's, we don't allow people to post those sort of photos or make those comments the conversation has to be real mm. and so getting a lot of guys to have that conversation is harder they can't hide behind something mm, yeah. and so I get a lot of guys who will message and say I saw the post or I saw the comment but I didn't feel comfortable yet to like put a comment up or yeah. like, engage and like that's cool enough in itself because it means you're reading it it means you see yeah. it at least they're, they're messaging you yeah you exactly and, and you're aware of that yeah and I mean like cause the first initial part we were like you know post really getting one or two likes or mm. one or two comments and it was like fuck, we're saying the wrong thing, we're not doing something right, like, how do I get guys to, to get involved? And, you know, we brought in some other people to help out, like, cause, although I used to be that kind of trading footy player kind of guy, mm-hmm. I don't really have that persona much anymore, so it's yeah. like, bringing in someone else who did, that can sort of connect with the blokes and be like, you know, still mm-hmm. talk about cars, we can still mm-hmm. talk about footy, we can still talk about origin, whatever, boxing, all that stuff, but we're also here to talk about real things, mm-hmm. and so, having other people as part of the sort of admin group that could have those conversations and get the blokes talking about other stuff once they start opening up and, and sort of talking then we can start getting the other talks to happen as well like the, the guard comes down a little bit the walls are down mm-hmm. um, you know there's no women in the group there's no partners aren't going to see this and you know yeah. you're not going to get in trouble if you say something um, you know that guys talk about um, you know new relation problems stepfathering problems fathering problems like there's yeah. dads in the group stuff like that where there's no real, like, you know, if you sort of go to a parenting group, usually it's like you'll expect a mum to be there. Yeah. There's no real, like, dad's fathering parental group or something like that. Mm. So having this place where there's just, like, dad's posting up some ideas, like, you know, this weekend I'm taking the kids here, if anyone wants to meet up and, you know, bring the kids or whatever, we can do that. That's people, awesome. We've had people talk about trying to organise, like, barbecues and stuff. Yeah. Um, some mates in there uh, being to motorbikes. Yeah. They started hanging out and exchanging motorbike parts and just talking on like Saturday nights when they were like depressed or alone or whatever. And I was like, that's, that's, that's awesome. Fuck so, yeah, that's so good, man. That was that was just something we wanted to create and like it's it's now like there's like five hundred people now. Yeah, usually great. greater part of Brisbane, which is pretty cool because yeah, it means it people can actually hang out. But yeah. um, yeah, especially during during COVID where mental health was a huge concern, mm. and I was like, right, we're, we're we're putting out a general mental health plan for the world, you know, for Australia, and we're having these general health conversations, but knowing how high suicide rates are for men yeah. and how high depression rates are for men what are we having for that conversation yeah. and so now it's like there's a there's a, a place we can have that yeah. chat there's more and more people are just going to have to step up and create those communities you know well, yeah, that's just, something just, that a lot of people do lack as community they just, they just yeah, don't have 100% it. 
Um, especially during COVID when it was like, you know, you're locked in your room for, or you're locked in your apartment or house or whatever for three, six, nine months. Excuse me. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't like being someone who has a problem and complains about a problem without having a solution. Yeah. Um, I, I try to stick to the things I know and the things I can do and things I like and things I'm interested in. And if there's an issue, I can address it. Like me and my coach, I can yeah. bring up problems in training or an injury. I know enough about anatomy and like physiology and, and training to go, right, this will work better. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what if we do this or what if we do this? And we'll go back and forward. Same with that. It was like, you know, I, I don't want to just be someone who's just seeing bitching and complaining about, oh, men have it tough. Mm-hmm. We have it tough in our way, yeah. but how can we improve that? What if I recognize yeah. it's a problem? It just, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's just perpetuating this um, exactly. victim consciousness yeah. of just like, all right, yeah, we've ha- we have it hard. All these, we have all these things stacked up yeah. against, against us, and it's shit to be a man. Yeah. But how is that helping anyone? Yeah, like, we're just, <laughs> we're just giving them more and more reason to, you know, agree almost. to just uh, accept that and, you know, yeah, yeah make these things are shit. But what what tools can you use to, yeah. you know, change that meaning? I guess. Um, you do like a walk as well? Is there someone, Jacko said you guys do like a walk around the river or something? Yeah, yeah, so it's it's um, it's um taken a little while to get some guys keen. Um, I think, again, it's kind of like that, that belief, like, if I turn up, there's something wrong with me. Um, yeah. So it's only been one or two or yeah. three guys at a time, and it's like, yeah, the first one, I'll no matter what I said, the first one, I'll be there, I'll do it myself, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and I was there, no one came, I put up a post, let everyone know. Everyone said they were keen, like a lot of people said they were yeah. keen. It was like that execution, that follow-through, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, you know, if I turn up, it must mean something's wrong. Or if I turn up, it must mean like yeah. I'm depressed or upset. Um, so trying to break that down, it's like, no, it's just dudes hanging out. Yeah, it's like, also just, a bit of like a group mentality as well. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to be the only one, but if there's like 10 other guys doing it, exactly. then it's like not so bad. Yeah. And that's what we've got to try and try and get to is that point where 10 or 15 guys there want to come because then 10 or 15 turns to 30 or 40. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, we can, make a, we can make a breakfast out of it. We can make coffee out of it. We can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that initial walk was just to get trust in the guys that there's like yeah. beat faces to names yeah. kind of thing well the fact you just sit on your own is powerful enough for them on its own sort of thing like well, yeah, to I'll show you know it's I'll fucking I'll be here whether anyone turns up or not yeah like, 100% you know. and that's, that's the kind of like message I try to convey is like I took a I took a downtime from social media after some some things like you know I get very passionate on there about a certain conversation and stuff and then like just the presence in general um, you know people came out for a job kind of thing and I was like I need to focus on uni, not so much about this stuff. So I took yeah. a downtime from there. But I told the guys, like, no matter what, my Facebook message is open. Mm-hmm. Um, might not post as much, might not be in the group as much. Um, but you'll be able to flip your message. I'll see it. Like, I'll reply if I need to. Yeah. Um, and a lot of guys love that. They love just the fact that um, someone has said they'll listen. Or not, not, like, not even talk to give them answers. Just yeah. like, and some of the guys, just, they just like to yeah. flick a message and just say, like, hey... Uh, you know, I saw your message or I saw this. Um, I went through X, Y, Z and experienced these things. Excuse me. Um, and that sort of the fact that they were comfortable enough to express what they've been through that was pretty like powerful to me. It felt fucking good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, would you say your long-term vision for this? Like, what do you see it becoming? Um, we're not unsure, but also it's like. It's interesting because we'd love to turn into like a non-for-profit sort of like actual organization. You know, it's like we've we've done a few charity runs now. We just did a um, a hoodie run. Like, hopefully, you like the hoodie. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, nice to train it. And we got um, probably get a bit. 
we sold about a thousand bucks worth of gear for 500 dudes which isn't, isn't bad considering maybe 20% actually engage um, and so 400 bucks in profit went to the Black Dog Institute so yeah. we want to be things like just little things like that and like yeah, maybe it becomes a bit more of an apparel awareness brand or something like that where it's like not only is it about mental health or physical health but it's like it's men's health so like you are, you see that brand you see that name you associate and you think oh yeah it's my health alright today you know it's my you, know, you see that sort of like you, know, you see the arches you think burgers and maccas it's kind of like you know, if, if someone sees that logo or sees that that chat comes up or the conversation is like yeah I'm thinking about my mental health yeah. today so there's so no you see a funky shirt yeah exactly you see you a funky shirt you think about century that's right <laughs> um, and so for me like I've like we don't have any like it's not a external validation thing for us like I don't care if it's a thousand people ten thousand people or five hundred people uh, it's just to us the more the more reach we have of authentic communication, the bigger impacts we can have in an area that needs addressing. Mm-hmm. And so that's just like, we'll just take it each like small step as it comes. Um, if it stays as a Facebook group, great, who cares? Like mm-hmm. we can still organize charity runs, we can still organize walks, we can still organize all that stuff. If it becomes more than that, awesome. It means that we've got places like, we've got, I think we're bringing on two more um, moderators or uh, what do you call them, two more um, admins to the group yeah. um, and usually each person brings in like we found that as we bring someone in they, they bring a new sort of personality or conversation that we didn't like you know I can't relate to fathers I can empathise or sympathise but I can't relate um, so the guys are coming on are fathers yeah. their fathers are working the minds their trainees and that sort of stuff so yeah. they can have the conversations that I can't have yeah. um, or at least in like a connected way like you know you know if someone sort of tries to convey something they haven't experienced before we can sort of pick up on it mm-hmm. and so having a dad in the, in the group that's speaking and discussing things kind of gives us that more authenticity or like that authority not authority but that ability to mm-hmm. communicate and actually establish yeah. that um, that level of communication so so having that as our, our next thing is like yeah having a few more people in there that can actually drive conversation post things that I can't and then from there it might be you know another charity run somewhere another charity organisation day or something like that that we can just all things like that um, so yeah long term it'd be cool to have That's you know a, a bigger impact um, but just going to take it as it comes is like do more guys want to be a part of this do more guys actually know it exists how do we get out there and like yeah. let people see that this is a place you can chat stuff and like that was the whole idea of the, the table it was like yeah. you know King Arthur's round table everyone was equal in their seat yeah um, oh, I like that that's kind of like what we sort of thought you know it's it's hard for blokes when we go to therapies and stuff um, we're not good at that authority client listening um, you know guys get pretty reluctant to sort of take on advice so for us it was like yeah. we're not trying to be authority we're not trying to be the leaders of men's yeah. health we're trying to be a place where everyone can chat to the table and have a chat yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not, so like less offering advice on what to do but more just sort of listening and yeah 100% listening feedback sort of. exactly like yeah like there are sometimes like you know when I first started, I was sort of giving too much psychology opinion. Um, you know, this is what the evidence says kind of thing. And I realized like it took a bit for me to step back and like, guys don't hear that. Yeah, that's the thing they don't want to They don't want to hear it. Um, so that didn't get much response. And so we took that back and was like, all right, well, if we can try and get conversations and like, it's what we used to have like table talk Tuesdays and stuff where it was putting up just random questions. And like for every two or three, it might be like funny questions or something dumb. Like, you know, would you rather's or where would you go? And it would be all right health issue this or like mental health concern that and so the guys would get in the habit of responding and engaging and then the real one would come up and they'd be like oh yeah like I actually felt this and so um, you know just just having that as sort of like letting them fester off each other 
Um, you know, the dad's really good at it. Then they'll, you know, one dad will post up a problem or a question, and you know, three or four or five other dads in there, like what they went through or what their advice is. So that's kind of what we want is like everyone at the, at the table has an opinion or a voice or like no one's going to shut anyone down. Like, you know, there's a guy I had a conversation the other day, a little bit different in my personal opinions, but I was like, cool. Like, I'm not, if I dismiss him, then I'm going to shut down anyone else trying to speak. So I was like, how can I encourage him to say his piece, but also feel comfortable in like having a, not an argument, but like a conversation. Yeah. Like not everyone's going to agree and that's fine, yeah. but we've got to be at a place where people can actually chat. Yeah, I think that's been sort of lost now. It's like you can't, you almost can't disagree with anyone. Otherwise, mm. it's like you're, you're arguing with them. Yeah. It's like people sometimes disagree and it's like yeah. you're never going to agree. It's yeah, just always going to be a, a disagreement, but you just have to accept that people can have different opinions. Yeah, yeah and like, let's try and learn. Like, I, like Jordan Peterson's rule of like always, always listen to someone as if they've got something that you don't know. Mm. Yeah. But I think that's really important. It gets missed a lot these days. Yeah. It's like, you know, and I... Everything's so personal. Dis- yeah, when I try to discuss... these things have to be personal? Like, it's got nothing to do with you as a person, you know? It's because you believe something different yeah, exactly. to someone else. Exactly. It's like, when I try and discuss men's health issues, I'm like, I'm not dismissing women's problems. I'm not dismissing you have these things, but we can't raise one group up by bringing the other down. That doesn't ever work. It's never helped anyone. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, you can't dismiss the data on men's health, but also, like, I'm not shutting down yours. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying that we need to be... Like even here and how we're addressing things and like you know, everyone's got a father or a brother or a husband or an uncle son step fucking father whatever everyone's got a man somewhere in their life to exist and it's like do you really want to dismiss that do you want to like do you want to dismiss like your dad's health like if your dad up and killed himself right now would you be like oh I should have paid more attention to men's health you, know, you don't want to get to that point yeah. so it doesn't make sense because you wouldn't want that for your mum so why would you want it for your dad yeah and that's just kind of where I sort of sit in like the, the discussion of it is like yeah I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue just to simply be right. It's just that there's a lot to be said that gets missed. And when you miss it, at least people die. Mm. So I was like, that's pretty heavy to just be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Men have it easy or, you know, that's whatever. So for me, it's like, right, um, you know, let's have the discussion. Let's bring up the, the conversation without an arguing. Like people do get very defensive very quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's like we need to have the conversation so let's let's talk mm. even if you don't agree with me if you don't if you clash at the end and like you still don't change your beliefs at least take on the opinion that you could have been wrong mm. or you could have learned something yeah, yeah. so I try to approach it yeah if you can have a if you can have like, if you can disagree about something but not get emotional about it that's like the best kind of conversation where both <laughs> people can learn something it never happens anymore yeah exactly <laughs> never happens anymore yeah so people, so people are afraid of putting things out there for that reason you know Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. People don't express themselves because they, you know, Mm. because people can't react. Yeah, a lot of the time, you know, everyone's so offended by everything. There was a there was a social survey done, and um, there's a case in an American high school where a young bloke was a bit more conservative, conservative in his beliefs and like his conversations and stuff, and. He was getting shut down by the by the teachers. I'm not even here to say which one was right or left or whatever, which one was right or wrong. But he would get messages from teachers and he'd get messages from other students and be like, whilst we couldn't speak up, we agree with what you're saying, but if we speak up, we're going to get kicked out of the school or we'll get fired from our job. And it's like, you know, because it was a bit more like a political in basis, I guess, of the conversation. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, it's like, that's not that's not conversation anymore. That's, like, that's not like, that's... I don't know what that is, but that's not like people aren't free to speak and like yeah, have, have discourse anymore. They say they they are, but there's 
the social cost. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, it's literally removing free speech. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like free speech. Exactly, yeah. and I was like, and that's that's, suppressing you in other ways. You won't go to jail for it, but you know, there's other costs. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's pretty fucked up. And that's like that's the 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 risk you run when you sort of like speak a bit out of not out of place, but like out of the narrative at the moment. Um, Something that's not just what's generally accepted. Yeah, exactly. And like, COVID doesn't exist. <laughs> 5G microchips. COVID is a mindset. <laughs> it's a mental parasite. Um, that, that's, I, I found that to be with the case with men's health is like, um, you know, because it's it's taboo to sort of talk about like men have problems or like men experience this sort of violence or men experience X, Y, Z. There's a lot of pushback as soon as I mention something or like, you know, people I can see people unfollow me when I post things it's like are you unfollowing me because you don't agree or just because like it's forcing you to confront something you didn't know existed or like you pretend it didn't exist I'm like I'd rather have the conversation with you and explain why than just run and hide from it because it's not going to be until like I said you've got a dead dad or a suicidal brother or something like oh turns out that it's actually mm. men's problems that's why I think the table's good it's just like you're not going to get attacked for your opinion or your like comment or your question or like your mental thought you know, get called weak because you went through something or whatever. Like, there was one guy in there who talked about, um, you know, we're talking about the benefits of, of um, exercise and mental health. And it's studied, it's well known, like, the, the, the benefits are huge. And he just said, training made me feel more anxious and depressed. And, like, but then I went and got into model trains and model cars and model airplanes and model tanks. And it's like, never felt better. I grew a garden, started gardening. I was like, dude, awesome. Yeah. Like, there's outliers and there's differences to things and there's different people. So it's like, if we, if, we, if I took that approach that everyone else has to talking with him, I'd be like, no, you're an idiot. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Go do what I say. But he found a way to sort of like get through it. And I was like, that's what we're here for. That's awesome. Then someone else might read that and go, maybe I should try something different. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's it. That was a, a huge plus for the table is like having different opinions and views is like, and not shutting them down. Yeah. Do we want to talk about your other brand as well? Matter? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so the the long-term passion for me um, is, I think, where I'll go in life. I guess it's something I've already got planned out pretty well and just continue expanding on. Um, Matter, Athletic, Matter Athletica. Um, it's, I think it's something I've always wanted to do, but I think COVID just gave me a kick in the ass to do it. Um, like I, I sort of always knew what I wanted to do out of psychology when I started studying um, which people find weird apparently having a plan when you go into uni is odd <laughs> like yeah I spoke to so many people who do the course and they're just like yeah I just do it because like you know I did psychology because it gives me uh, occupational therapy or I can maybe do HR or something like that but like having plans like what I want my business to be what I want my life to be after this course is like <laughs> people were like what? you have plans? I was going to get drunk I was like oh okay that's like a sixty thousand dollar vacation that you're paying for there. <laughs> yeah, fucking okay. Um, and yeah, so like, for me, I've always been obsessed with or interested in extreme mindsets of people. Like, I love their results. I love their actions. I love their like their outcomes. Like, you know, I love Jordan winning six NBA titles. I love Andrew Johns being one of the greatest regular players of all time. I love like reading about Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, like David Goggins, all these people. But it was like, you know, what did they do differently? What did they think differently? How did they behave? What was, what allowed them to sort of succeed? And 
I think that's what I took into sport, like the psychology journey the subject was like, I want to understand people's heads better for, I guess there's new ways coming out, it's called like, we based around positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So rather than looking backwards and addressing traumas, it's a lot more about reframing positive outcomes and looking, I guess, to the future of like, right, this is positive, how can we spin it, how can we use this, what's, what's going to be the benefit of this? Um, and that's kind of where I see a lot of people struggle. And so I want to, I, I started with the idea that a lot of people don't underestimate, sorry, a lot of people underestimate their potential. Um, they lack intensity, they lack, they lack consistency, and they lack purpose and like why they do things. Um, and so my, my whole sort of mantra around it was like, if I can understand these elite, these like ultimate successful types and take from them what I can, we can start to foster that in people who don't have that yet or don't know about it or don't think they can do it. Like if you go to, I've read, read about it a couple of times, but if you go to like Joe Blow or like, you know, dad down the road and say, hey, your son could be the next Steve Jobs and the next Bill Gates or it could be an even better Michael Jordan. It's like, no, not my kid. Like, oh, not for me. Like I'm, I just play free on the weekends or I just work during the week whatever. It's like, mm. there's a lot of limit on what people perceive as possible. And yeah. like to me, I'm like that's, limiting your potential it's limiting what life is meant to be for and that all comes down to like mindset your mentality your psychology of like why you think things and why you do things and like if we can break down that barrier break down that sort of idea um, we can start to foster I guess better perception of what's possible and like your limits um, and so that's where I sort of started with the brand and it's something I want to put into programs mentorships lectures, workshops, like it's the hard part is like the psychology, you, you clinically can't work it until you like graduate, until you like yeah. you know, until you get your masters and get registered with the psychology association, you're not like a psychologist not allowed to work. Um, which is crappy in the long term because it's like a six year course mm. um, full time. Um, so it's like, all right, what can I do in the meantime? So, you know, I started Instagram, I started the website. I just wrote stuff like I can you know, write blogs, write articles, write ebooks and things that can help people and sort of get the idea out there. Um, yeah, I was starting an apparel, apparel range will come out for the next month or so. Um, it's like training hoodies, training shirts, life shirts, life hoodies, all sort of stuff, um, gym bags, that sort of thing. So the whole idea is to sort of create, it's a point where I can create one-to-one mentorships where I can work with people like I work with people to go from being regular, oh yeah, regular might be the wrong word, that restricted mindset mm-hmm. and sort of allowing them to work and become the pinnacle of what they think they want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like no one's, how many people have never told someone they can't do anything? Like it, you ask a kid, you know, what do you want to be? And they'll just say, I don't know, a gym teacher or whatever. Because no one said, hey, you can be Andrew Jones, you can be Jonathan Thurston, you can be yeah. Michael Phelps. Uh, yeah. They don't really get told that because that's crazy. Yeah. Like, why is it crazy? Like, mm-hmm. we can, yeah. Um, you were just like from zero to seven just absorbing whatever you're any story you're told yeah and you don't question it until you, exactly. you get older and you start to think for yourself a bit yeah fuck I just believe this should be true because yeah you know I was I was told this by the by the authorities yeah but in my life like, that was you know your parents or I'm school from, or your teachers or whatever exactly yeah. even it's, when you are old enough to think for yourself properly it's like it's pretty easy to look at someone who's got a lot who has accomplished a lot in their life and just be like holy shit like that is a massive mountain to climb like, yeah exactly out of reach not yeah. possible yeah and that that to me is like it's so limited and like frustrating because that's like through some of my like favourite philosophies and my uh, favourite psychologists and stuff like uh, Nietzsche wrote on a person 
he believes we're supposed to live in a way that will evolve humans to what he calls like the Superman. And essentially that is like the most morally, intellectually, physically superior human being. And like each person may never get to it. We can live life that each generation that comes after progresses towards that. Yeah. And I guess to the point where we can be our best like yeah. evolved self. Mm. And I thought that was like, that was awesome because each person, if we only live in our mundane and our boring, I guess, restricted thinking, yeah. then we all stagnate and we all just get soft and we all just like, yeah. the water gets stale. But if each person is sort of pushing to their limits and pushing past, well then the next person has like a higher step to go off and a higher step to go off. And yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's kind of... Giving other people permission, like... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would say the way we live today with like technology and like the way this the entire system works from like school to university to like office jobs and factory jobs it's like we're almost regressing like yeah 100 like on the way to that superman that you just described like we're literally moving away from that fast yeah we're moving towards it yeah it's a, it's it's made for a comfortable state yeah and nothing ever grows out of comfortable like yeah. sure it grows but it's like at a very slow rate mm. and it's like who's that helping who's that like did we did we evolve like Humans aren't finished evolving. We didn't evolve 100,000 years to get to a point where now we've got couches and TVs and that's it. Like, that's all we're supposed to do. Uh, like, I'm not someone who believes in, like, predetermined, like, outcomes or anything like that. Like, everyone has the chance to make their difference. But also, if you get caught up in the, the mundane of it all and you get caught up in the routine and the monotony of nothingness, yeah. then that's all you're going to have. Yeah. But then also, I find it ironic that those same people are then the ones who tell everyone else that... Steve Jobs was crazy and Michael Jordan was crazy and Michael Phelps yeah, was crazy. Yeah, they're, they're and, not just a regular person. Yeah, you know? yeah. They're, 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 yeah. You can't do That's crazy. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, yeah. you just spent 20 years sitting on the couch. Who are you to say what's crazy yeah. and what isn't? Like, the first step is telling people it's a choice. Yeah. Realising that you're just choosing this. Yeah. You're just continuously what do you choosing want? the same thing. Yeah, so that's, that's like, that's what I want out of long term is you know, get to a point where, you know, I can stand in front of 10,000 people and like again that sounds crazy people. I've said it to people and they're just like why like, why do you want to do that or like that's you haven't even spoke to 10 people yet so why and I'm like to get to a point where we can express those ideas in a larger audience and then work with people one on one after that mm-hmm. I was like that's I just want to get to that, that stage where I can be in front of people and foster that idea that they can change and believe they can do more than what they're already doing and then from that work with the ones who follow through and work with the ones who are like yeah I want to do that I have this business idea or I have this like I'm competitive but my parents don't you know I've got no one telling me XYZ how to map my way to success or map my way to playing NRL or soccer or whatever um, because a lot of it is um, like when we identify talent and we go through like what leads to success generally whilst there isn't one trait there are some psychological tools that the successful tend to have I was like alright rather than just letting that grow itself what if we can get these people and sort of help them find it earlier and start to like change the course younger or like further than it is now um, and let them sort of get to that successful part faster or like have them believe they can do it and sort of back themselves because in, in my opinion the worst thing that comes out of like chasing an extreme goal or chasing a, an intense goal is that you're just further along than you're going to be like if you if you aim for a 9 to 5 job and you hate it and you like give a half ass effort then your life's only increased like this bit this much you know, you've got a house and then you've got a, a debt and a mortgage maybe you've got like a dog whatever and it's not bad but it's not the life you wanted when you were 6 to 10 to 15 but if you go at 15 or 20 someone's like you can do whatever the fuck you want like 
Life hasn't changed just because you've grown up. Like you can, once you pick something, you can do it if you commit yourself to it and you actually believe in yourself and you can give yourself 100% to it. Yeah. And they start to go, well, you know what? I actually think that I, I recognize that Microsoft software didn't actually have this and I wanted to build an engine that did this or I wanted to, you know, build a car that could do this and I can look at like, you know, Tesla technology or whatever it is that, you know, something crazy and they start to live that way. Yeah. The worst case is that they learned that they could or like they start living life that's yeah. a bit more... They allow themselves... Exactly. Yeah. A chance to succeed more than they would have before and it's like, cool. The worst case is it might not be as satisfying, mm. you know, because you're, you're constantly striving to be better than you are or like constantly striving to be self-improvement. But to me, that it generally leads to a greater outcome or like a, a greater... A greater result than if it was just sort of like nine to five. Mm. So that's where I sort of... That's where I sort of want to take it um, eventually. I was not taking it now, but like it's the place I want to get to is just be able to to, to, to help. Like I'll, I may never be Michael Jordan, but I can help find someone believe in himself enough to be. That's kind of like the yeah, sick. the, the oh, yeah, I guess too. the deepest part of it mm. is like my thing is like I, I can be in people's heads easy. I can I can mm. I love being in people's heads and I love helping people achieve things. So if my achievement is helping someone else achieve their goal, it's fucking brilliant. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Really inspiring stuff. I feel like we've got a same, similar sort of mindset. Yeah, I would say you guys are doing something very similar here. Yeah. Like the way you guys approach philosophy of training, mental health, the mentality of training, like an environment of training. Um, I'd say there's very few gym owners that actually encourage that more. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Credit to you guys. Yeah. Because like it's it takes a lot to have a place where people, run, I guess know you for that style of training that style of yeah. like that environment it's like easy to just go I'm going to go to Worlds and train hard because it's, yeah. like it's a Worlds but when you guys just do your thing and stick in your lane and go this is what the culture we want to create makes a huge difference yeah. for training and it's attracted people like yourself here you know 100% do sort of thing and like we can and have that collaborative mindset where we can build each other like, 100% you know, our network will know your network exactly you know, we'll know ours like you know, we're not in competition, we're all building each other. So, yeah, um, that's why I really got a good feeling about this podcast is because, you know, you'd understand these things if you sat down and had a conversation with one of us. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> that's going to take a really long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, we've, had the, yeah, we've had these chats at the gym, like, 20 times over the yeah. last six months. So, yeah, dude. And, and they've only been, like... 10 minutes yeah. long if that and then yeah. you're like, shit dude you better do a set yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm really training better for you're, you're losing your fucking fun yeah. mate you're looking yeah. small <laughs> <laughs> and um like with this people can you know just listen to it understand. And, and understand like actually feel like they know us and yeah like that's what, what the point of it, it actually is it's not just get jacked <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like getting jacked's a byproduct of living the lifestyle yeah, and exactly it. it's a byproduct it, and that's like that's the fun part of that is that like the the benefit of like living that that routine that schedule that structure that discipline is that the getting jacked a healthier part is the byproduct mm. but you get the benefits of learning all those skills along the way you get that here so it's like yeah it's the the benefit of like listening in is like you can hear these things go right what's what strengths that you like and there's not many not many gym owners that you can have a conversation with or like are on the gym floor you might be gym manager maybe but yeah you know, there's not many gym owners that are on the floor or like yeah. out and about all day every day in the in the room and training themselves and listening yeah. and talking to members and stuff so yeah yes yeah, it's, it's a, a credit to you guys for making a place that wants people like me to come here 
Thanks, man. So, I'm sure there's a. I don't know. I'm sure there's other people like me. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm a bit weird. Um, but I'm sure there's enough people like yeah. me that like didn't know the gym existed or like what you guys vibe was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having this is like at least a way to get to. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome yeah. way to get that. You know. Purpose, I guess, across. Yeah, for sure. And then getting like the lighting out in the background and stuff. For what? Getting the sunsets and <laughs> yeah, follow dude. the Instagram for those sunset views. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's all about the sunset views. <laughs> We might have awesome. to wrap it up there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good, bro. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Heaps, for coming. That's right. Appreciate you having me on. It was awesome. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, I think that's probably the best one yet. Definitely was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take it? Yeah. So, yeah. Just, just keep telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's still yeah. a lot more things that I wanted to ask you, but um, we might have to get you back on again. Definitely going to get you oh, back for sure. On. Yeah. Probably, probably not yeah, one during prep because I'll be like brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might be fun to talk about training in that sense, but other than that, I'll just be like yeah. brain dead and just like... Yeah. 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 Well, what's, what's, we've been pretty brain dead for some of ours. <laughs> it turns out better than we thought. I finish I'm like, dude, that was so shit. <laughs> the, best, the best bit is like with cutting technology now, you can like edit out the little the little quiet bits. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just like make it sound like it flows really yeah. well. Definitely. Yeah. In reality, that was a three-hour window there where nothing yeah. was said. Yeah. yeah. Like, Tell everyone to go fuck themselves. Right, cut that. Cut that. Ryan, cut that out, please. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nah, I appreciate you guys having me on. That was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. It's cool to, to sort of be able to discuss things that go on up here. Yeah, dude. Express is good. Language it. Words, it's good. Don't get into it too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sweet. Appreciate it. <laughs>